For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. AD. Yo. So if I told you that I turned off this game, I don't know, midway, close to the end of the third quarter, would you judge me? Um, would you judge me for heading towards the exit? <laughs> from, from the field of jeans a little later than that? I'm saying, this since we judging. this is the believe in 49ers podcast on the believe podcast network he is super bowl champion eric davis i'm rashawn haylock plenty to get to on this show uh niners drop another one at the field of jeans uh ed as noted you were there and so we're going to get into that and what the atmosphere was like uh just from watching it you know from my perspective didn't look all that great, but uh, we'll, we'll get your insight on that one. Um, Niners can't win a home game. I, I, I'm not sure what it is, so we'll, we'll talk. About that. Game. We'll, we'll break. We'll break all that down um, and, and just why why this. I, I've come over to the dark side. Um, this is a bad team, and that was some bad football I was watching. So just kind of had to get that. Uh, taste out of my mouth. As always, we want to encourage you and, and to continue to download, subscribe, rate, and review, locate wherever you find your podcast. If there's a like button on your particular podcast subscription service, go ahead and hit that like button. Uh, you can hit us up on social media as well. I'm at our Haylock on Twitter. He is at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, I'm at Watch Ray Ray. He is at Eric Davis underscore 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 underscore. That's four times in case you're scoring at home. Uh, as always, we're brought to you by the fine folks at Bet Online. Uh, look, ED, you know how I feel about this. College basketball is here. Oh my goodness. Uh, you're the only one on planet Earth outside of the kids' families that are actually watching them play. The, the 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 kickoff. This is the tip off. Actually, it's like the tip off night of, of college football as we sit here and record this podcast. So I'm pumped about that. Obviously, the fine folks at Bet Online they got all kind of stuff for you to bet on, including a, a big bout that's going to be taking place in de- December. Uh, Niner great Frank Gore taking on former NBA point guard Darren Williams. Now, according to the the, the odds at Bet Online. Darren Williams is minus 250, Frank Gore plus 200, meaning Williams is actually the favorite. He's got a 71% chance uh, to emerge as the victor, according to the odds. So you want some action on that? Go ahead and get in on that. Bet Online has you covered. College Hoops, NBA, you got hockey going on. Uh, we just went through the greatest month of the year as far as sport, or the greatest uh, yeah, the greatest month of the year as far as sports go in October. You just got everything going on all at the same time. We're here in November now and, and get in on this action. Head on over to the new updated uh, desktop uh, or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, 5 O. To receive your bonus, go on over to Bet Online, the fastest and safest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, we'll get to your tweets 
uh, momentarily as well. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. So I, I didn't, I didn't turn the game off, uh, but I, I was so tempted. I did, and I was there. <laughs> I was, I was so tempted to. This was uh, third quarter. I don't know, maybe like around the four minute mark or so. And a couple plays later, BA scores that touchdown. Uh, Jimmy G finds them in, in the back of the end zone. Um, and, you know, I just kind of, you know, thugged it out and, and watched the rest of it. It's it sort of – I was getting all kind of vibes. It kind of reminded me of, like, the Miami game last year a little bit. Um, it, it reminded me of – of I don't, it really was just bad. Like, that that was, like, the hardest game I've watched. Since we've been doing this pod, that, that was probably the hardest game that, that I've watched, that I've sat through and watched. Um, and it was just – I don't I, it's just inexcusable. I mean, you you pair this down and you have no Kyler Murray, you have no AJ Green, mm-hmm. you have no DeAndre Hopkins. So if I flip that over to like the Niner perspective. JJ Watt. Yeah, no JJ Watt, right? So so if I flip that over to to the Niners perspective, right? That's like them going to the game with no Jimmy G, no no BA, no Debo, or you flip one of those guys for Kittle, right? So uh-huh. and, and and on the defensive side of the ball, you know, without a forward, right? Or or or, or a Bosa, right? And so you know, it and it's Colt McCoy, and you know, we were kind of joking about it last week a little bit, and, and I'm just Colt like McCoy. Colt McCoy, you know, Colt, Colt McCoy. And um, Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy, yeah, like that, that was the Colt McCoy uh, <laughs> Mullins, Colt McCoy Mullins. It, it's the same guy. Uh, six in one hand, half dozen other. Huh? Yeah. And it, it just, it was just bad. But on, on, on the flip side of that, it was, it wasn't even so much Colt as much as it was the Terminator, James Conner, like, I mean, he was just gashing them and, and, and he was talking his talk and, and it was well-deserved because he was doing that thing. And, and Niners really had no answer for him. I mean, he was gashing them in the run game. He was hurting them in the pass game. Niners couldn't tackle. Um, you know, he put some dudes on the poster uh, essentially as well. Um, it was just, it was just bad all the way around. I mean, you look at the, the offensive possessions in that first half. I mean, you spot a team 17 points, right? You cannot do that to any team in the NFL. I don't care who you are. But to lose by that margin at home against that team that's that shorthanded, I mean, that's that's just bad. That just means you're a bad team. Like, there's just no other way to put it, right? Uh, well, you know, I've we've already been there. You're, you're catching up. I've been saying this. Catching up. Because I was just looking. Only late to the party. You know this by now. So I'm not – you know, that's that's why I told you before, like the last game I watched, I was like, it just got comical. Started, I started watching some of the things that, because they are just at that point. I see it now. Um, this was a game where I want because of all the injuries that you mentioned, those those key players missing. I wanted to see exactly what the 49ers could do with this squad. Um, you are in a position. This is a good football team. You beat a good football team where that would have put your record, where the mindset it would have it would have put you in. Beating a good team within your division, in a very tough division, there are a lot of things that it could have flipped for them. Uh, so that, that's why I said, okay, this is what's going on. You have an opportunity, especially the way it's all written down. You got Colt McCoy running this offense. You got a chance. Now, game starts. 
you said it was reminiscent of the Miami game. No, this was more like early Nolan. This was more like Chip Kelly years. <laughs> um, they were outplayed. They didn't look prepared. There was a lack of energy. Uh, they were outcoached. Um, every, in every phase and facet of the game, the Cardinals, a depleted Cardinals football team was far superior from top to bottom than the 49ers. So it's just time to reevaluate things. They're just not a good team. And don't give me, well, the injuries and because of the injuries, this guy, that guy, the other guy. Another team with serious injuries came into your house and skull drug you. Seriously. Seriously. They, I mean, they just, they just came in, like, like my coach Ray Bob used to say, they're coming to town. They're about to take a dump on your coffee table, wipe it off with the curtains, and see what you feel about it. That's what they did. And they allowed them to do it. Sorry, people. I actually cleaned that up. You should have heard Ray Bob say it. I cleaned that up tremendously. You should hear. <laughs> but that that's, they came in and like, basically he's saying these guys believe they can come and do whatever the hell they feel like doing. And that's what happened. They couldn't stop it. There was nothing going on. And that's what the Niners are right now. They're, as far as, um, me losing my mind and yelling and screaming and all that, there's no need. The team just has to improve. Uh, they have to get better. There are things, uh, this, is, this is what I, this epitomizes where the Niners are right now. The Josh Norman situation that's all over Twitter and everything's happening. I'm sure you saw that, him getting put out of the game and all these type things. This is what I'm going to say about that situation. And it epitomizes where the, in my mind, where the Niners are right now. Josh Gordon, I'm sorry, Josh Gordon, Josh Norman. Am I looking into the camera? I see you. Okay, you see me. At least you can hear my voice. Josh Norman is not a good enough player to get the type of penalty that he got in the situation that he got it in and it affect the team the way it did, him being benched and the coach to say, I didn't want to bench him. I don't want to get rid of him. Josh Norman is not good enough to do that. But for the Niners, one of their best players at the position, that's the end of that statement. Mm. For the Niners, he's one of the best players at that position. Mm. That is where the Niners are right now. He's, when, when that's what you're working with, that's what you're dealing with. Now, we can get in. So, and as this progresses and the season progresses, we can start talking about why you're in this situation, how you got there, what you're doing, what's going on. Um, but that's all it is. You know, I told you before, and you kind of looked at me, you know, with the screw face when I told you the Niners are the worst team in this division. I think I said that a few weeks ago. Yeah, you said it. And you know, I don't scout with my heart. It, it's painful. It was painful. It was painful. I was standing there on the field, right, right, right on the bench, right there. And I'm sitting there looking at this. And, and I was talking, John Taylor was there with me and Ricky Waters was there and Toy Cook. Was there. We were standing there talking, Spice Adams. We were, we were all just standing there talking and just looking at how it was and feeling the energy. And there was no hope. 
it was obvious that they weren't going to win that game. It was obvious that they weren't good enough to pull it out. It was obvious that they weren't going to come up with that play to flip things. Um, it, that's just how it was. There were only one thing that happened. I mean, the crowd was kind of out of it. There was one guy that came down, and I just kind of looked up at him because I, I, it was he was saying some harsh things to the guys, and I really wanted to strangle him. I really did. We kind of made eye contact, and he, he kind of realized, like, wait, maybe – they don't like that because um, he was getting making it personal. This is just about just the football, just about the football. And you know me, that's all. It's always about the football. They're not playing good enough football. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the roster um, and the way it's being used is not successful right now. The roster is better than the way they're performing. I will say that. So that goes back to the people that are making the decisions. Yeah. That's it. And I and, every, and every, so I'm, let, me, let me say this last thing and then you jump in because that's what I keep getting on Twitter and everyone's like, "Well, you know what? You, you don't you don't blame the you don't blame the coaches when they win. You don't blame you don't blame the front office when you do this. The players play. Like come on, ED, players play and players do this and all of this stuff. It's the coach's job to put them in position to make the plays." Exactly. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Exactly. I think I think to that point, it was it just seemed from the beginning like the Cardinals had this incredible sense of urgency that the Niners just did not have. They didn't meet it, right? You you enter the game a certain way and, and good teams enter the game a certain way with a a, a a certain level uh, um, of urgency. And I feel like the Niners just didn't meet them there. And then on top of that, there was another instance in which it was, you know, Jimmy's throwing the ball a lot, right? And then I heard Kyle say afterwards, um, the reason why they did that a lot, especially early on, is because he, he was getting like these six-man defensive lines from, from the Cardinals. And so I actually went back and watched the first couple of series. I didn't necessarily see it, but something that Kyle said, so it is what it is. This is a running team. They ran the ball 11 times on sunday yeah that that tells me all that i need to know about how that game ended up and the way it ended up the way that they did even if they spotted them 17 because it was still early enough where you weren't necessarily in panic mode where you had to be throwing the ball all over the yard right like you could still run your offense you could still run the ball there was still plenty enough time to try to climb back into that game if if you needed to by doing what you do right they ran the ball 11 times for the entire game. And Jimmy G, God bless him. I mean, he stood in there. He was getting – I mean, he, they were just giving it to him. Um, the, the Arizona defense was. <laughs> well, you hear what you're talking – you hear you the discussion we've been having on this pod. This is the Believe Before the 49ers podcast. Okay, guys, on the Believe Podcast Network, you guys know my guy, Rashawn Haylock, ED. Everybody calls me ED now. Um, so what I, what you're talking about, doesn't it sound like lack of plan? Uh, Absolutely. Haven't we been discussing that? I've been, I've been discussing that. And that's what I've been saying. You got to pick, you got to pick a guy, right? I told you, you can't be in love. You can, you can like, you can really like two guys at the quarterback position, but you can't be in love with two guys at the quarterback position. And you definitely can't do it 
when they have opposite skill sets. And that's what you keep telling me, Kyle Shanahan, that your quarterbacks have opposite skill sets. He's, he's referenced it too many times. I know you like one guy and you showed me your love for the other guy by moving up and making the trade. You have to, I told at some point you got to start the clock on it. And that's why I said two weeks ago, it's time. Start the clock on Trey because you got to set a plan. There is no plan. And that's how that game felt. There was no plan. Let's hope it works out. Let's hope things fall into place. Let's do it. You mentioned the team, the Arizona Cardinals coming in with urgency. Remember I told you a long time ago, when we probably when we first started doing this, I told you, um, Arizona is a rivalry game for the Niners. You know, after how, how many years they got their butts handed to them, it's it's a rivalry. It's it's that's where they want to be. The Cardinals want to be the Niners franchise from ownership on down. They want to do the things that the Niners have accomplished. It is huge to them to perform well. Jobs can guys can lose or keep a job based on what how they perform against the Niners, and I and I've gotten that from guys throughout that organization. It's that important to them. Now you couple that with the fact that they're just better. <laughs> you end up with days like Sunday. If you're not prepared to play, you have to, you got to meet the energy that's coming in. And when it's a team that's, you know, that they feel that way about you, you have to be prepared for it and do the things that are necessary. It's a home game and it should have, and it shouldn't have turned out that way, but there, there's no plan. There's uh, that's, that's what I see missing, man. I, I just see the fact that, there's not a plan. The roster is better than it's performing. Um, so now we got to start looking at the whys of that. Well, yeah, I, I think if this was if this were last year, right, and, and you were seeing these types of performances, it would have almost have been excusable, right, with all of the injuries that that had happened. Yeah. This team was four and four last year, and, and and remember we were like, okay, if they can just get to the bye, get some bodies back. Yeah maybe they'll be able to turn the corner, right? Mm -hmm. There have been some injuries this season. Don't get me wrong, but not not even close to the extent that they were last season. Um, And every team gets injuries. It has injuries. It's part of it, right? And and, and so the expectations this season with a healthy roster were through the roof, but I don't think that they were necessarily unattainable. I think this team to this point has drastically – to your point, underperformed. Um, mm-hmm. And and what happened on Sunday was inexcusable. Um, you talk about the quarterback position. Kyle was asked after the game, is Trey going to be the starter next week? He said no, but he wasn't necessarily thinking about that. He also said some other stuff. And I saw your tweet, ED. Um, you're fluent in coach speak. What did you hear? What did you hear? <laughs> First of all, I- I'll say this. The reason they lost is because he put the hat on. Remember, we talked about this last week. He can't go back out there with that hat on after he went out there hatless in Chicago and everything worked out. I'm I'm surprised he had the 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 stones to even dare to put that hat back on. Uh, anyway, hats don't, make, hats don't make plays. Hats don't make calls. Hats don't draw up X's and O's. Hats don't fill the the situation. And know when to, when to step on the gas or when the bobble weave hats don't feel that hats are innocent bystanders. Don't ever blame. I said it when I played. Old heads told me that. 
It's just one of those things. Don't ever blame the equipment. <laughs> it is the user. It is always user error, bro. Low, low, ha low hanging fruit. It, it, the, hat, the hat's an easy target. No, uh, no. The hat's no, an easy target. What, what no. did you hear, though? What did, what did you hear in the post game from, from, from one Kyle Shanahan? You're fluent in coach speak. I clearly heard him blame the players and say it's not my fault. You heard that? Um, yes, I heard that. And that's not a good thing. Um, as a player, and, and these are the tweets I got, well, Bruce Arians does that. He called out Tom Brady. Guys, understand this. It's different than if I, if I played poorly, if I had a bad play, if I screwed something up, I, as a player, I know that. I know I screwed it up. So for you, for the coach to walk up and say, ED has to be better in that moment. We need him to make that play. That's something he normally does. That's something we expect him to do. He's got to get that done. It, he just simply can't, and that cost us. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I know I screwed it up. And listen, he just came out and just said, hey, ED, these are the things that I, I know he's capable of. He's not doing it. Okay, that's directed at me. I got it. That's personal. It hurts. It's true. But I know it's true. Bruce Arians getting on Tom Brady. That's what, like, Tom can't do that. I, Tom needs to do this, and Tom has to do this this way. Now, the difference is when you preface it with, we had a great week of practice. Actually, they got better this past week. The guys were out flying around. They were doing everything exactly the way we wanted them to do it. And, you know, I expected a great performance because of what they did during the week. Let me, let me clarify that for you. See, I had them prepared. They were doing everything that I wanted them to do during the week. They were doing it exactly the way I scripted it, exactly the way I, we coached it, exactly what we told them to do. They did it. Okay. Now we'll, Take a pause there and let's go to the next part of that. So now it turns into from it goes on. So he prefers everything by saying we did our part as coaches. We got them prepared. Hell, we even made them better than they were the previous week. Then it turns into. They stunk in every phase of the game. They screwed up everything out there. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't catch. They couldn't hold on to the ball. They couldn't block. Blah, blah, blah. Day, day, day. That's what he said. I'm not the only football player that heard that. And that's where the issue can creep in. Hmm. Because you start, it's, it's not so much that what he said is false. I, I you know, guys, Dre Kirkpatrick, one-on-one, -on -one, just dude just ended up like a bug on the windshield. You got to make that tackle. People, people will get on like DeMarco. He's got to do something with the defense. He drew up a defense that had a guy right there to make the play. That's not the coach. That's the player. Okay. That's fine. Say that. Say you got to make that tackle one-on-one. -on -one. There are things like that, but don't start it by saying I did my job. My staff, we got them prepared. They didn't listen to us. 
If they had only done what we told them to do, it would have been better. I don't know what happened. I don't know why they didn't perform. I don't know why. Well, guess what? It's your damn job to know. It is your job to have them prepared. It is your job to adjust and figure it out. If you had them so prepared and they improved so much from the previous week and they were so energized and ready to go, fix it, coach. Fix it. Remember I told you there are a couple of times a year that you need a coach to put you in the right place, to make the right call, to take the proper time out, to yell at the correct people in those moments to help you win that game. Because coaches don't play. But there are a couple of games every year that the good ones get you through. This is the game that a good coach was supposed to get you through. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, I mean, I heard that. I obviously didn't take it that way. Um, but I assume that that may have been what you were leading to after alluding to after I saw your tweet. A couple of things from his press conference that stood out to me was it seemed like there was a lot of piling on the defense um, at times and not really too much directed at the offense. Um, the blame game. He, he did he did say some things about the offense, but it, it looked like, especially in the beginning there, he was just like, defense this and defense that. They didn't punt, and we got to go to the field, and they didn't punt until the third quarter, and yada, yada, yada. Like, it was just like, it was just they, like. They, they, they. Yeah. I kept talking. <laughs> what, what, I'm, and I'm, and the whole time, like, well, what the hell did the offense do? I mean, you had third, you were third in, in, in long every third either third to medium or third and long every drive of that first half right like it was it it, it was un unbelievable and the guys you know on the broadcast kevin kugler mark sanchez they, they continue to harp on it how how great the cardinals are defensively on third down you can repeatedly put yourself in these third and long situations where's elijah mitchell where's the running game right it's just like okay jimmy throw right jimmy throw like and it, it was and jimmy was I mean, he was trying. I mean, God bless him. But I mean, he had, he had the the D line, you know, kind of, you know, coming down on him. It was. It seemed like a lot of those routes were sort of slow developing. So he was, he was kind of holding on. He had to hold on to it a little bit, and and, and the offensive line wasn't holding up as well. It, it just, it just reeked of of of, of madness. And then and then the other thing that was interesting to me was the whole Josh Norman thing, in which he said, you know. It wasn't my decision not to put him back in the game, but you know, he didn't go back in the game. Um, Where did that come from? Yeah, I thought that was so. That, so, I, so all of this, like, like I said, it's it's you have to start looking at if if you want him playing, if you want him out there, if you feel like he's one of your better players, which you obviously must if he's acting that way and you're doing these type things. Then why isn't he out there on the field? That's you know, so so there. I get it, and I can understand from an administrative standpoint. And, and you know what? I can give him the benefit of the doubt because he, he may have possibly not even noticed that he wasn't on the field because of the fact that he's so as at, he's the head coach, but he's also the offensive play caller. He's so entrenched in everything that's happening on the offensive side of the ball that he can't be focused on the defensive side of the ball while they're out there. So that part of it may be that's the case. So uh, that one. I, I can give him somewhat of a pass on, um, but I still go back to what I said. 
Josh is not good enough to be yelling at other teams, coaches, head coaches and getting penalties like that. He's not. And um, it's a shame that the Niners are in a position to where they have to deal with that. I, mean, I, I played with guys that were good enough to yell at coaches and referees and everything else. <laughs> Once upon a time, I was good enough. <laughs> you know, it's it's so I, I mean, I, I I know that and I've seen that and and, um, you know, where it where it's going to pushing coaches and everything else. But there but you have to know really who you are. <laughs> and you're standing on the team. Yeah, I, I mean, and, that that takes a whole nother level of humility and looking in the mirror and, and things of that nature. Uh, this is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Time now to get to your tweets. Uh, feel free to always get involved in the show. I'm at R Haylock on Twitter. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. This one from at iHustler1. Uh, iHustler1 is back. Back. He's back. You know, something we talked about. Uh, Eric Davis, hey, big bro, I just want to take this moment to say that anything I ever said to you and Rashawn about the play calling versus Jimmy's play conversation, my bad. Y'all got it. <laughs> just showing some love there. Appreciate you, I hustle number one. That's right. Put some respect on that man's name. We certainly did. Uh, appreciate you for listening. Um, we got some more tweets coming in here as well. Um, question for ED. Does this 49ers locker room appear to have strong leadership? Steve Young has... Uh, past teams had strong leads in the locker room. Does this 49ers team appear to have strong leadership? This one from yes. Jason yes. King too. Well, they, they have they have strong leadership in that locker room. They have guys on that that locker room. I mean, you you got Trent Williams, Roman Osage. You got Fred. You you got um, Kittle. Um, you you have that now. Well, I told you one of the most important things and the most important position in, on the team. He got kneecapped. So, so the issue is not, do you have strong leadership? Remember I told you the conversation is I can't remember which reporter put it out there that Fred Warner and Jimmy Garoppolo were talking about what we need to do to get out of this and everything. And I was like, well, that's a one-sided conversation. Dude, 10 has no juice now. He has no juice because the coach did that to him. It's that it's it. It's done. It's done. So, that's the most important position. So this, this question came out and they were talking about Steve Young. So what did he say? Steve Young's teams. You hear what you're saying? Steve Young's teams. You didn't say Jerry's teams. You didn't say, you didn't, you didn't say Tim McDonald's or Merton Hanks or Eric Davis's or, or you, we can go with our Brian Young's. You didn't say, you said Steve Young's teams. Mm. So right now, see, this is Jimmy Garoppolo's team, but it ain't. Mm. And when you have that problem, you got problems. That's the problem. It's like, whose line is it anyway, right? Who's on third? Who's on first? Uh, Jason, appreciate appreciate the, the tweet. At uh, Mr. Underscore JB2, uh, very, very frustrated. Just wanted to, uh, you know, release his frustration. Speaking a little bit of French there, if you give him a drift. Um, and then we got another one here for you. Niners, deep, this from at JCC49ers with a Z. Uh, Niners specifically, the defense are missing the energy Salah brought, especially on Sunday. Uh, is this a real thing or not? He's taking. <laughs> Appreciate you for listening. No, that's a that's a not. That's you see everyone. It, 
okay, that energy that Salah has. Salah headbutted in a lot of games for the Jets, right? Huh? Yeah. He he headbutted a dude on the on the Jets with his helmet on. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He's headbutting dudes. Are they winning football games? See, all all of that is show, man. All of that is show. All of that energy and rah rah. Can, can, can I tell you something? A pep rally has never won a football game. At the pro level, loud yelling and screaming and dancing—that's never won a game. So all of this nonsense about the energy on the sideline and all this stuff and everything—he want Sala was really good because the dudes on the field were really good, and it's about putting him in position to make the plays. But he had some pretty good players to work with. And you see the difference. It ain't the same up in New York because he ain't got the same dudes. And Sala before that locker room got filled with dudes wasn't great. So all of so that's not a that's not a Sala DeMarco thing. It's not. It's not. Yeah, um, so that energy, it, the, the coaches don't matter. When you're out there playing, you're not the the coach. The last thing in the world you are thinking about is my coach when you're out there playing. Just give me the call, dude. Give me the call and and put me in position. Now, something that could be experience with the guys and making the call and feeling the flow. Because I told you, it's the difference in knowing the playbook and making the play calls and feeling the flow of the game and your opponent and all those type things. Sala did a really good job with that team um when they were having that year it was obviously and i see this now in hindsight we see that was that one year like i tell you every player can have a good year any player can have a good year you coach it happens with coaches it happens with teams you have that run everything happens i you you know you and I have we have conversations on the pod and we have conversations on the pod before the pod the pod after the pod and I've had this conversation with you on the pod either before or after but not, never on the actual pod um I'm this far this far like knee high to a gnat's ass away from really coming to the conclusion that just like, and I said this about Mike Singletary when he was coaching. And I got asked this one time on air and I, and they asked me, what did I think about Mike and all the stuff and everything? And I said, I love Mike. I said, as an individual, love the man, know him personally, love him as a coach. I, I have a lot of belief in him and all these type of things. I said, but Mike is the man that's getting the team ready for the man. And they were like, what do you mean? They were like, you don't think he can turn. I said, no. I said, he's the guy that's getting the team ready for the man. I said, it's a good roster, but he's not going to be the one. I'm that far away from coming to the conclusion that Kyle, because Kyle's a good coach. I like the man, the good coach. I think he's, I think he's an excellent play designer, excellent play caller. We're talking about the head coach. I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there because I'm thinking it so strongly, but I, I'm, I'm not going to dot the I's and cross the T's on it just yet and sign my name to it and stamp it. But I'm starting, it's starting to show that he may be the man that's actually getting the team ready for the next man because it's a good roster, just like with Mike Singletary, it's a good roster that's underperforming. And you saw what happened when a new voice, a new mindset, 
a new focus came in with that team, the gym. I'm just, I, I, I got to see, I got to see. There's so much time in this season. I want to see if he's going to show a plan. He doesn't have one. He, he simply doesn't have one right now. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm not saying he's not coaching hard. I'm just saying after what I saw Sunday, you can't tell me that's what you meant to do. And you're saying you had a great week and everything happened and all of these things. So, so you're talking about how the guys got, not only did they practice well, they improved. You saw tangible improvement. He said it from the previous week. You saw this team get better. You saw it. So that's what you were putting together all week. That dumpster fire. Just saying. Yeah, no, it, it certainly looked that way. And for the first time, I felt like that watching this game. Um, not sure if I really felt like that before. I've always had a strong confidence in Kyle. Um, but it it for for the first time, I started to feel started to feel that way uh after watching this game. Um, so I mean, I don't know. There there may be something to that. I mean, look, we're what are we at the halfway? I don't know. Is there a halfway point? I mean, you got an odd number of games this year. So halfway point. Season's over. What are you talking about? Oh, we're at the halfway point. Season's over. Right now, right now, this is dude. I would no, you you said you said we'll see going forward what the plan looks like, right? That's gotta be the rest of the season, right? Like we'll, we'll see going forward. We'll see going forward what his plan's gonna be and what he's gonna do and how things are gonna happen as far as him and coaching and moving and the mindset and evaluating the players and all this type of stuff. Dude, this season's over. This is a bad football team, and the season's over. So now it's time. I, I, I was on a team, I was on an 0 and 8 team, and I remember getting called upstairs and you're like, oh hell, I, well, I gotta see the principal. So you go upstairs to see the principal and I'm sitting in there and, and this was when I was with the Panthers and at the time, Jerry Richardson was the owner and he, he just sat me down. He said, E, you know, you're gonna be here. He said, this season's over. He, he said, we know, he said, you can, he, and it was after meeting the coach was like, if we just get on a streak, we still got a shot, we finished 500, we, and he's like, the season's over. He was like, I played, you play, you know, it's over. Right now, I'm telling you this because evaluation has started. He told me this. We, he was like, basically training camp has started. We're evaluating the roster from this point on to see who's going to be around and who can help us not only get out of this hole, but win big. That's what we're looking at right now. I know you're going to be here. I just, I'm just saying this. So when you see the next guy that you think gets it and can help us you let him know that's where the Niners are right now the season's over Sound like they're not you're not good enough to win a championship okay so and and the ones that are like let's just play enough and get into the playoff it doesn't matter it's not a good football team you got so many things you need to fix it's time to start evaluating on how to fix that do you want to go into another season with the same injured players? Are you going to start, start putting the same type of value into those guys that haven't been there? Because I'm sorry, yours, the availability aspect of things, if you're not available year after year after year after year, I got to let you go. Because people, we used to say it in the DB room all the time when I was on the squad, if I'm losing with you, I damn sure may as well try to win without you. Mm. Period. 
Uh, one more tweet here. This one from at 49er Will one. Is it wise to draft players for depth that you think can play right away if injuries occur? Is it oh, no, wise wait, to no wait, 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 wait. Let me I didn't I didn't read that right. Uh, this one from at 49er Will One. Is it wise to draft players for depth that you don't think can play right away if injuries occur? That you don't think? Um, well, it depends on the player and depends on the, on the position. So if you see a guy and you think you can get him and he has tremendous upside, um, yeah, you know, you may have to eventually throw him out there because if injuries occur, now he has to play. So you say, do you, is it wise to draft a guy that has potential? You don't expect him to be your starter, but you think he could be, or you think he could help you. Yes, that's wise to do. Now, if someone gets hurt, guess what? They got to throw you in the fire. You, you, you have to get thrown into the fire because the other guys are injured. Now you have no choice. So you can either go and get someone off their couch or you can get someone within your system and allow them to grow. That, that's the thing. So as long as you don't think the kid is going to be ruined because you can destroy a guy's confidence. If, if someone is just simply not ready to touch the field because they're going to play against pros. And if they're not ready physically to play, mentally to play, you know, if you know that they're just simply not ready, then you can't put them on the field. Now, the flip side of that, is if a guy is that far removed from being able to be on the field, is he really ready to be on your roster? So was that a wise choice? So that's the thing that you got to look at it. But yeah, so drafting a guy, drafting depth, every team does that. Everyone has to do it. You have to do that every year. Um, and you got to have guys that you're going to develop. Everybody's not ready to be a starter and ball out for you when they got there. I wasn't. I was fortunate to be able to develop. Mern Hanks and I talk about that all the time. We were able to come in with some guys, and yes, they threw us into the mix, but we were still able to develop, and they knew that they brought us in to develop us. And we were able to learn and go through it and take our lumps and learn from those lumps and watch other guys and, and enjoy some success and, and grow from that. You know, confidence comes from doing. You, you do some things right, you start to feel like you can do other things right, but you got to get in the mix. And, and they throw you out there and, and you're ready. Now with us, like with Merton, Merton got thrown in. I got hurt. He was the fifth rounder that they were planning on developing and doing all these things. I got hurt. He had to go in. And fortunately for him, I, I tell you all the time, fortunately, Mert, you know, <laughs> saved your career. I saved your career. You would have been doing all of this if I had not come back because you know you couldn't play corner. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> I love making you laugh with that. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 no but so 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 to answer the tweet yes that that's an okay thing you hope guys don't get hurt but when guys get hurt now you just got to throw them in the fire that's that's what happens you got to throw them in the fire jimmy garoppolo so get kyle is um uh, kyle saying hey five can't play ten gets hurt five's got to play that's just the way it works whether you want to develop them or not that's that's how it works um Putting a bow on this one, Niners uh, losing Mike McGlinchey. He's out for the rest of the season. Um, so that's a big blow on, on the offensive line. Um, D Ford went on IR last week too, didn't he? Yeah, D Ford uh, still on IR. Um, and then also it was announced that Jalen Hurd 
uh, officially shut down for the rest of the season. So there's that. And there's we talked about this a long time ago. I, I wish him well, and I would like for him to get healthy. I just don't think this is the spot for him. And I told you before, I don't even know why they, they see, back to the decision making. I told you it's not about it's not about the coaches decision making and that decision there's no Jalen Hurt I told you if he's not healthy coming out of training camp that was a wasted spot yeah so 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 that's what I'm saying it's time to start evaluating this roster and starting to see what is actually going to be with your core you know who your core guys are you 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 know I I know the eight because there are like eight to twelve guys that you build your team around on a football team I know we know five of those guys. We can rattle off just like that. Who else can you add to that and say these are core guys? And then when you get those guys, like a Jimmy Ward is a core guy on this team. We know that. I know that. I also know that you got to upgrade from there. So if you got Jimmy, what's what's where's the flashy light that you're going to put next to him? That's what I mean by you got to start thinking about if you really want to compete. Because, you know, we always joke about it, and we'll talk about it later this week. Same old sorry-ass Rams, they're better. Freaking bird on the side of the Cardinals, they're better. Yeah. Seahawks, bad Seahawks, they're better. You got to get better. You got to get better. Yeah, I I think um, – I think uh, talking about the other Jimmy uh, – Kyle mentioned something as well at the end of his press conference. I'm like, Jimmy's got to make better decisions, something something along those lines. He was talking about the interception late in the game. And I'm like, that that was another thing that that kind of irked me a little bit. Like, are we are we really pointing to that interception? Like it was like the game was over, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like Jimmy, Jimmy did as well, and this is just this is my opinion here. Jimmy did as well as he possibly could have done in that game with his coach. And his coaching staff hanging him out to dry out there uh, on, on on Sunday. Remember how I started this, and I tried to translate what was being said for you. Think about my translation, and think about what you just heard right there. Don't you hear him saying, "It's not my fault." Yeah, it's I mean, that was a that was a total reach. I mean, that was an NBA first round draft pick type of reach right there. I mean. You that's, know, that's that's all I'm saying. When you, you know, and, that, and that's a bad thing. It's a it's a bad thing when it comes to that because, like I said, coaches, it's your job to say if someone's doing something wrong, and you don't have to sugarcoat it. You don't have to do all these things. But but when you start to say, you know, it, it's it's you, it's not me. I'm yeah. doing my part. And, and and the Rams are going to be coming in on uh on Monday night, and they were outclassed, out physical. Some would say against the Titans, who were without their best offensive player on Sunday night. And you heard a different tune for Sean McVay, though, right? I mean, it, it gets kind of tired, yes, but I mean, after every loss, he's like, my, you know, it's all on me. I got to put guys in a better position. Yada 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 yada. Um, and so yeah, didn't hear that from Kyle. Um, not sure if I've ever heard that from Kyle. So that's that. Uh, feel free to continue to download, subscribe, rate, and review located wherever you find uh, your podcasts. Um, hit us up on social media. I'll thank you all for all your tweets out there. Continue to uh, keep them coming. Hit us up. I'm at our Haylock on Twitter. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, 
I'm at Watch Ray Ray. He is at Eric Davis underscore 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 underscore. So for my partner, Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We will see y'all later this week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.